It was always cold. This is very hot and summery, and I would say sweaty, if anything. Like, but the sun is out a lot. I do like a good sweaty drama. Anyang SAO, welcome to Afternoon Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists and your K romance guides. So grab some deck bokey and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi there. So, Amy, <laughs> you have been keeping everyone on pins and needles over your saga to see Taylor Swift. I have. I follow you on Facebook and I don't really go on Facebook except for like I started to just to follow all your posts that you were posting on Facebook about it because you became quite the little boomer poster. You were. Oh, my God. Just on Saturday. I love it. Just on Saturday because I was losing my mind. I was losing my mind. I think we think the listeners are going to be interested to hear the story because it Uh is the power of manifestation. Right. And I think I believe we have been on this Taylor Swift journey with you. Like, do you realize how long it's been since you like, November. tried to get tickets? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Oh, I know. I know exactly yeah. how long. It's yeah, been. you know. <laughs> since before Thanksgiving, just before Thanksgiving. Um, so most people the world over know like the fucking Ticketmaster debacle with getting Taylor Swift tickets when they initially went on sale for the Ticketmaster verified fan situation, which I didn't even get a verified fan code, even though I signed up to be a verified fan because not everybody gets a code. And we know this from other concerts that we've gone to. So I did not get a code, but then I found out that there was going to be a Capital One presale the day after verified fan. Did I have a Capital One card? No, I did not. Did I apply for one on the spot and use it to get into this presale? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. Did I get tickets after being in the queue forever, which I talked about on this podcast? No, I did not. So it was a sad day indeed. But that was November. And I'm like, you know what? Something's going to happen. But anybody who has any uh, concert inclinations and has checked resale sites for concerts, if you were looking at them during Taylor Swift, they the prices just kept going up and up and up. Um, so yeah, I've talked about this multiple times. Ticketmaster has done other like random drops and shit like that. Um, and that was me all of last week leading up to the concert. And this was mostly for my 17-year-old daughter because she is the swiftiest Swifty to ever Swifty. And I was like, I like Taylor Swift. This will be a fun time. Um, so there's radio stations doing contests, which I'm participating in every day, like literally sitting at work with like timers to like get on these contests and, and text in, call in and whatever. I don't win anything. On Thursday, two days before the concert. Yeah, two days before the concert, last Thursday. So obviously you guys are going to hear this, you know, a couple weeks after everything. But last Thursday, two days before the Chicago concert that we wanted to go to, I get a text from my first boss ever from when I was a teacher, the first guy to hire me, give me a teaching job. And he texts and he says, I know this isn't ideal, but would you want a solo ticket for Sydney for Saturday night? She'd be sitting with my wife and daughter because he could no longer go to the show. And he's like, face value good seat, like showed me where it was. I was like, oh, yes, absolutely. She will have a ride there because her best friend and family are going. So she's she's headed on her way. But I was like, I really want to share this with my daughter. Like, this fucking sucks. I've been trying so hard. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. They have an extra seat in their butterfly door Tesla. They're going to take me down to the city. (laughs) And, And they did. And Soldier Field, which is where the concert was, 
um, was putting out all the stuff on social media saying, we know that there's been tailgating at all the other Taylor Swift concerts, but there's no room to do it anywhere at Soldier Field, so please don't try and do it here. My dudes, there is a huge, huge lawn directly across the street from the Field Museum, the Natural History Museum. Huge lawn, which is the only spot, because they're also saying you can't hear, and this lawn is the only spot around the whole stadium where you can hear everything crystal clear. So mm. Ticketmaster is doing random drops the day of the concert. I don't get tickets from any of them. I get in the stupid queue, but don't get tickets. And my daughter is pretty distraught. And we line up, and it's time for her to go into her gate. And I'm like, you're going to enjoy yourself. Like, please enjoy yourself. Do not worry about me. There are all these people outside that came to just tailgate. I'm going to sit with them. It's going to be fine. And so I'm sitting with all the tailgaters after I get myself a turkey dog from the hot dog stand, which is the only place where I can get food for miles. <laughs> How much was your hot dog? It, okay, yeah. I, this is what this was funny. So I got a turkey dog uh-huh. and a can of Diet Coke uh-huh. for $8. <gasps> Ooh. And it, but it was God, not Oakland. anywhere near, it was not anywhere near as big as the California dog. Yeah, but yeah. And was it, I mean, it was not bacon wrapped, but I did not want it to be bacon wrapped. <laughs> like I was good with just a dog. But anyway, right. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm on the lawn. There's all, I mean, like hundreds and hundreds of Swifties. Um, you know, I had to, I had to spend a couple minutes in a porta potty because that's all I had. It's all I had, but I was going to have fun. And so my daughter texts me from her seat and she's like, here's my view. And I'm like, I'm so excited for you. She's like, I'm so sad that you're out there. I'm like, you do not be sad anymore. I'm like, look at all these people with me. And I sent her a picture. I'm like, I'm good. She's like, mm-hmm. all right. She's like, can you hear? And then when like the openers came, can you hear Owen? Can you hear Girl in Red? I'm like, yes, crystal clear. It's great. Am I sad that I'm not in there? Of course. I'm not letting her know that. I just wanted to experience it with her. So at about 7.30, 7.40, which is right, Taylor Swift is going on at 8, and she goes on at 8 sharp, my daughter texts me and says, I have a proposition for you. And I'm like, okay. So the people who she was sitting with, which was my former boss slash colleague's wife and daughter, when they were going into their gate – the person in front of them was having trouble getting their ticket scanned on their phone. And so they just kind of moved out of the way and they were in and one of them didn't get scanned. So she's like, there is an unscanned ticket. And uh, my friend's wife was like, I wish that I could somehow get your mom my phone so that she could come, you know, oh. come in. Mm-hmm. And Sydney's like, oh, no, you can transfer your ticket. Like she didn't know that you could transfer a ticket. And I just showed my daughter how to do it that morning. And so she showed her how to transfer the ticket. She transfers the ticket to my Ticketmaster email. I walk up to the gate. They scan me. And I'm fucking in. I am in Soldier Field for the Taylor Swift show without a seat. But it does not fucking matter because... On the level where my daughter was, there's concessions. Then there's this like bar where you can stand and eat your concessions right behind the seats. And then there's the seats. And there were tons of people standing at the bar. So I got myself a beer. I stood at the bar and I started to drink. And I'm like, I'm just going to stay here and it won't look weird, right? And I noticed that the guy standing next to me has been there the whole time too. And like an hour into the show, all of a sudden a woman shows up next to him and she starts talking to me. She's like, is this your first Taylor Swift show? And I'm like, yes. And she tells me that she and her husband and her sister came from out of town. I don't remember where, but she's like, we couldn't get seats together. We're all over the stadium. And so he found this spot and just texted us to come meet him here. And so they stood there and watched the whole concert, too. And so oh, it was people yeah. were standing there the whole time. 
So yeah, once I was in, nobody, you know, nobody's checking your tickets anymore unless you're trying to get out onto the floor. Um, and so yeah, I saw Taylor Swift um, on my daughter's ticket, basically. And yeah. it was a phenomenal show. And I'm full Swifty now. Because it was manifested the fuck out of that shit. And yeah, you did. And it was a, so it was a happy ending after all. It was and a, I was so happy for you. I was shocked too because I knew you were going or we knew you were going. You let us know and then you're like, ah! And you like texted us, I think. And you're like, I texted oh, you man. from the stadium. I'm like, oh my God, I'm fucking in. Like, yeah, I, I am he's... in <laughs> on someone else's And your ticket. pictures are really good too. And it was crazy. It was so, I mean, you know, Ticketmaster, I mean, releasing tickets the day, like what? I know. Oh, no. And they did that for Ugh. all for all nights. They would just do random drops. And look, Ugh. as far Who as my that? Facebook posting goes, I am not usually a big poster on Facebook. It's usually where I go to talk in Messenger. Um, but I was so angry at the prices on like SeatGeek and StubHub because they were going up. Like mm-hmm. they were at in the eight hundreds, nine hundreds, and then they were over a thousand dollars for four hundred level nosebleed seats behind the stage, and so there are all these seats. Like people were showing pictures of total rows going empty because resale sites were asking for a mortgage payment for people to get yeah. to the concert, and then there's yeah. hundreds, you know, upon thousands of Swifties who didn't get in, right, and who are all sitting outside. What I don't understand is if you sold those tickets, or like if you don't sell those tickets, you're getting nothing then. Right. But these are most likely resellers who bought with bots at face value. And those tickets behind the stage retail, like face value, $59. But they didn't want to even try to nope. like recoup like and get 500 bucks for They'd it? They'd rather eat it. They'd rather eat it. I know. That's what made me so mad. So yeah, I was writing some manifestos on, on Facebook on Saturday <laughs> night because I wanted to talk to people that I knew. I didn't want to just like post into the void and I wanted to talk to people that I knew about it. And yeah, it was a saga. And there are so many people who, when I finally posted the story about how I got in, people who I hadn't talked to in like years who were like, oh my God, I've been following your saga. Like, this is amazing. And it was. It was amazing. And I'm so happy it happened. But I'm so like i'm so over like the ticket industry yet i want to go to shows like that has been my my biggest joy post like major pandemic you know shutdown has been you know all the concerts that i've gone to like in the past seven months and will go to in the next couple months like pink and the rose i'm so excited yeah, it's it's okay. it's yeah, it's so hard to get tickets. I mean, like I said, last time I tried to get AT's tickets, it was just a freaking nightmare. Um, and yeah, I ended up buying um, resale tickets. Obviously, they were more expensive, um, but no one. I mean, well, we'll see what happens in the future. And but I, they're not selling AT's tickets at you know three thousand dollars because they're not t- Taylor Swift. <laughs> no, no. So but at like- least. But, like, that's, I mean, the prices were crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, the same thing happened to me for, for Suga in, for Augusty in Chicago. I was mm-hmm. in the Army Verified Fan presale, and every time I had tickets in my cart, they disappeared because bots can grab them so much quicker. And so I, no inventory, no inventory. It was in the sale, and there's no inventory, and so I had to buy on resale. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. But you got to go, so yay for you. I but, know. like, didn't I manifest the hell out of that shit? Like, I'm like, I'm Do going. Really? And I no. said, I'm like, I'm getting in. Like, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen, but I'm getting in. Yeah, you did. 
It's just crazy how it happened. Yeah, I couldn't have. I couldn't. And that it was in like the last that. minute too. It was in the last minute. Yeah, basically. I, like I didn't even miss her. Like miss her walking out on stage. Oh. Like I whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. I'm very happy. So, yeah, that's so good how stuff. Do we seg- how do we segue through this? Oh, you just said segue. I mean, and <laughs> <I'm> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's can we just segue? Where segue are we to segues. We're at eleven minutes for time, so let's do a quick segue to. Okay, I just want to give a teaser to things that listeners can look forward to. So, if you have listened to this podcast for a while, you are aware of the fact that Megan at one point took a ferry to the Bahamas. It was a fucking cruise ship. And she... It was not a cruise ship. It wasn't a ferry, though. Okay, a a quote, cruise. Okay. (laughs) That was a few hours. Like Gilligan's Island, basically. A few hour cruise. Um, So, in the fall, Megan's going to be coming back to the great state of California. Mm -hmm. We will not be hanging out. She's got some fun, uh, you know, bestie and family uh, events to do up in wine country. Mm -hmm. And she was giving us the lowdown of, you know, some of the fun to come. And the linchpin of of the entire week, as far as Amy and I are concerned, is they are going to be wine touring via what mode of of transportation, Megan? A segue. A segue, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Megan will be segueing through <laughs> Sonoma. I will probably break an arm. I expect a story comparable Oof. to your mountain climbing story. Right, yeah. right. Or when you flashed your uh, beaver to the Oh, I forgot pool. about that story. Yeah, when I flashed <laughs> my entire muff so to the community pool. <laughs> in the fall, just know that Megan will be yeah. uh, segueing. Under the influence. Yeah. It's and gonna, we are all going to be the better for it. <laughs> it's going to, everyone in California better watch out. <laughs> I can't wait. Okay. Well, anyway, that was, yeah, there you go. Multiple well, look, Okay. Now here's a new, a, a new segue, if you will. Okay. Which is, that's a little teaser of the fun to come. And it sold mm-hmm. me. It sold me on it Megan's did, story to come. Mm-hmm. It told, sold me on the story. It did not sell me on taking a segue. It did not. Because I have, no. I have dignity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Can you imagine? There is no possible. And anyone out there who has gone on a Segway, all power to you. I'm not yucking your yum, but you cannot look cool on a Segway. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> well, that will not be my goal. <laughs> Please wear Reeboks, like chunky Reeboks. <laughs> I'm going to wear a sundress with white and sweatpants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um. So. Yeah, so this show is all about a little tease, a fun mm-hmm. kind of tease, which is we are, we, it's been a minute since we did a show we had a lot of fun doing um, in the past, which is Sell Me on a K-Drama. Mm-hmm. So essentially the three of us occasionally do watch different things. And and so this is an opportunity to be like, hey, this is something I watched that I really liked and this is why I liked it. And so that's the premise of today's show. And um, and so, yeah, who wants to get into it and who wants to go first on selling us on a drama? I just forget. Uh, I was saying, I just regaled you all for 11 minutes. So somebody else can take the stage right now. OK, let honestly, let's start with Leah. I am. <laughs> this is actually the one I am most intrigued about. I, I do really want to hear what you have to say about it. OK, just give and me you, a moment. So, and you did finish it, right? 
Oh, I finished. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Because you binged the crap out of it, right? Well, I here's what I did is I binged the crap out of this drama. Okay. And then I had two episodes to go, and I stopped watching it cold turkey because it got to a place where I was like, "This feels good, and I feel happy, and I'm scared something's oh. going to happen that's not going to make me feel." In the happy. last two uh, episodes, oh, oh wow. I've been there. That's rough. Yeah. You know, like what if that happens? Right. So I. So last night I gathered up my courage and I went for it and I finished it. And okay. so I am here still standing and I am ready to talk about it. So awesome. let me, uh, would you say it, it stuck the landing? You know what? I'm going to get into it as I oh, sell my drama. All right then. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start with, so Amy gave us 10 questions and I'm going to start with question one and then I'm going to jump down to, uh, you know, my one set, my one sentence pitch for it. So the drama that I am talking about tonight is my liberation notes. (laughs) And the question was, you know, what's the drama's title and did it sell the drama? So I'm going to say that this title sort of niggled at me in a way that encouraged me to watch it. And I think it's because I feel like I, as I've hit my forties, I'm entering what I would consider to be my own liberation era. Um, The sense that, you know, I feel like there's like a yearning for a sense of freedom and we don't often like know quite how to achieve it. And so the idea of liberation really is like shifting our perspective and starting to live life on our own terms. So look, if you want to hop on a fucking segue and live your (laughs) life, you do it. And if I make fun of you, fuck me. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's this idea of like moving away from the expectations of others to focus on our unique wants and needs. Okay. And I think that's pretty great. And yeah. so that kind of like that idea of liberation just has stuck with me. And so, you know, I was curious about it. So what is the uh, quick elevator pitch for this drama? Look, I'm going to say that for me, my one sentence elevator pitch is that being honest can be liberating. And to unpack that just a little bit more and one of the um like where the drama gets its name is that uh the lead character mi jung has to form a club so at their workplace basically hr encourages everyone in this office to have clubs so there's book clubs there's movie clubs there's cooking clubs and mi jung's not in a club she has to commute a really long way out of Seoul to her house. She doesn't really have time for a club, nor is she really like a club like person. Like she doesn't like, she doesn't like, she's not mean. She's just like introverted and like, doesn't love like chilling with people. Like it the doesn't idea of a club have to be your thing. Work, yeah. Yeah. It's just not her thing. And the workplace like makes it be your thing. So there's two other coworkers who oft- also have not joined clubs. And so they keep getting like pulled in to be like, you're not a joiner, what's happening? And so eventually they decide to band together and make a club. And so Mi Jung has this idea, let's come together, let's make a fucking club and let's just call it the Liberation Club. And our, our club's purpose is liberation. And she's like, and let's do it. Like, let's fucking liberate ourselves. And I don't even know what that means, but like, let's do it. And they have a rule in the club. And the rule is, I will not pretend to be happy I will not pretend to be unhappy. I will be honest. And then they like write in their journals together. And so together they engage in a practice similar to like group counseling, but they don't give each other unsolicited advice. 
So they're never like, it's going to be okay, or cheer up or anything like that. You're just basically like allowed to speak your truth and nobody can say shit about it. And that kind of like helps you be vulnerable and helps you kind of process. I like that a lot. Yeah. That idea of being honest can be liberating is my one sentence pitch for the drama. So, okay. Who's in this drama and why is it part of the draw? I'm going to say that this cast was stellar. So it's a story of three siblings and a stranger, and they are all looking to escape something. So the first person I'm going to talk about is an actor, Eamon Key, who plays the middle brother. So he is also apparently in Because This Is My First Life, which I'm now a thousand percent more likely to see as a result because he is wonderful. And the character he plays, Chong Key, is the middle brother who wants to be rich and escape the family home, but he hasn't been having a lot of success. Then we have um, Kim Ji-won, who we all love, who plays the youngest child. And while this is an ensemble, I'd say that she's probably the biggest protagonist because she's the one who founds the Liberation Club at her workplace. So Kim Ji-won, she shines and airs and kicks butt in Fight for My Way. But her performance in my liberation notes, I would say, is a chef's kiss. Like, she is masterful. So her character, Mi Jung, is looking to escape the monotony of her life, a job where she isn't appreciated, bad boyfriends she seems to attract, and just kind of the sense that, like, shit feels mundane. And so she seems very kind of, like, on paper, not mousy, but just kind of, like, insular and kind of quiet. But inside, I would say she's like a fucking radical. You just don't see that like, you know, when you like first look at her. And then there's E.L., who plays the older sister in the trio. And she is bold and scrappy and like always is sticking her foot in her mouth, especially like there's like running things where like they're out to dinner at like BBQs and she's like making bold statements on things. And it comes back to bite her on the ass. Like there's one really funny scene where she's like, She's in, she's just turned 40 and she's kind of like, you know, what the fuck? Like, what am I going to do by the time I'm 50? Like, send me out to pasture. And then like people at the table are like, Ahem. and they turn and there's these like gorgeous, sassy, like 50 year old women looking at them with like super shade, like, uh-huh. And like they get into it. So she's like a funny character that has like a lot of those kind of moments. And she's been in a lot of things. So she's been in Love and Leashes. She's been in Goblin. And she was even in Imaginary Cat, with which both of you watched. And so this is an actress I'd say is inherently likable, even though she was playing someone flawed. And I ended up um, cheering for her success from Jump. And she really just wants to like be in like a successful love affair. Then we have Sun Soku, who plays a mysterious hired man at the family business. So like the family makes like sinks. They're kind of like a cabinet making, but they kind of do like plumbing cabinetry uh, and they farm out in the country. And he is cryptically only known by his last name of Goo, hence the name Mr. Goo. So look, first of all, he is not unattractive as an actor, like as a being in this world. He is incredibly magnetic. Um, he also was in DP and B melodramatic where he destroyed me. And so this actor is fantastic. And here I feel like he's worth all the hype as a man who is broken, hiding from the world, drinking, sweaty, and falls in love, even though he doesn't love himself. And Mr. Goo is looking to escape from the world. So there's more characters to love in this, but this is the core group. And what they do is carry a pretty quiet character-driven story in a way that never overacts, but never gets boring. Um, 
they are all compelling and fully embody their roles. So I liked, for example, Run On okay, but like at first it was really hard for me to like settle into it because I felt like it was just going so slow. This never really quite felt like that to me. Like I never felt like there was times where I was like, come on. It just like, it kind of like moves along, but like pretty intentionally to me. So I'm going to give some comps that I feel like maybe aren't going to sell it to you, <laughs> but I think they're comps. <laughs> so the writer for this drama is two-time boxing winner, right, winner um, Pak Hae-young. So she won for best script with My Mister and then also this drama. So look, if you liked My Mister or her other drama, Another Miss O, you're going to like this. So <laughs> Megan and Amy, I know this is a harder sell. But I'm also going to say like Our Blues, which neither of you have seen. Um, but I will say like there's even a little bit of like hometown cha-cha-cha kind of loosely in here. Um, or Be Melodramatic, which you also haven't seen. So like my cops are tricky because you haven't seen many of these. But it really feels like it's people living their lives with real problems. But there's like a courage and a poignancy to that. There are no car chases. There are no explosions where the main character like ignores the explosions. There's no <laughs> serial killers. There's no parkour. But there is a lot of heart. And ultimately, I felt like there was hope, even though it was meted out with some realism. So tropes that the drama has that we can't resist. First of all, there is very much an emotionally boo-booed hero. Like you cannot kiss these boo-boos better, but you can try. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also opposites attract and found family um, and like city mouse country mouse dynamics as well so why does the conflict work so look this is a very 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 like this might be one of the most character driven shows I've seen so would I say that it's like slice of life yes but I'd say really these are like character studies and the fact that they are all kind of in these ex situations that they want to escape I would say it works because the characters are really three-dimensional. And then it's almost like you put these like frogs in a pot and just slowly like turn the temperature on. And so it's not that like life is getting shittier per se, but like you're putting them into situations where they feel like they are stuck and they want to escape in some way and they've had inertia. And so you have to kind of like heat the pot to give them some sense of like why they're going to start to move and make changes. And so I feel like it works, um, but it's mostly that like you just really like they feel like real people. And because of that, I'm almost like, what are they going to do next? So is this high concept or quiet? This is quiet. This is a quiet drama. But quiet doesn't mean boring necessarily. I'd say it feels um, pretty compelling. And um, and I think it's good for the drama because it is like if you enjoy a drama that has three-dimensional characters, then I think that, like, it's almost, it's not like it's reality TV, but, like, it's kind of got that vibe of, like, you know, like, you become very personality-focused and, like, what are they going to do next? So here's the point where I give a specific sell to each of you. So for <laughs> Megan, my specific, or no, for Amy first, my, spe my specific sell is this idea of worship. <laughs> so in it, at one point, the youngest sister decides that like, you know, she's kind of had enough of like not doing much and like, you know, just like shit being boring. And Mr. Goo is fucking hot as shit and lives like in a cottage next door. He's very mysterious. He has a drinking problem, but he is very attractive and brooding and all sorts of things. And she feels like she's curious about it. 
And so her <laughs> tactic to it is to go over and basically be like, I want you to worship me. That's what I want. I want you to worship me. And like, that's how she lays it out to him. And she gets his attention. And then later he's like, well, I want you to worship me too. <laughs> and so that becomes the thing is this idea of like, we're going to kind of try to get out of this rut through this idea of worship. And I, but like, I just love that. Like he keeps trying to do things like he'll do like little small things and then be like, is this worshiping you? And it's very sexy. <laughs> so it is, it's, it's a romance like this, this, this pair, is it a romance? Yeah, the ro- it's a romance. I'd say, is it like, fish-eyed kisses and like light comedy no is it like this intense slow burn yes and i would say that like there's romance throughout the drama in like different pairings but in this case this one is just an interesting one because the courage it takes to to just kind of show up and like she's a very she's not mousy it's not like she's like you know i'm trying to think of you haven't seen uh some of the dramas I'm thinking of, but like, yeah, she's not a mousy character, but she's just kind of like a little bit more quiet and self-contained. So to show up at his house, he's like waiting to see like, you know, she, and he, and like the world disappoints him and he's kind of just like people disappoint him and he's not interested in people. And the fact that this like kind of quiet buttoned up person shows up and is like, hello. And uh, I'd like you to worship me really gets his attention. And it's, compelling <laughs> to say the least i like yeah. that cell i do mm-hmm. i like it um and so for megan <laughs> so like i'm gonna say a couple of things. she's already first, said my mister and another miss O, which yeah. megan's like so, nope okay, and so, nope <laughs> so first of all it's not cold out okay great because <laughs> my mister was really dark and cold it was always this is cold very hot and summery and i would say sweaty if anything like but the sun is out a lot i do like a good sweaty drama um there's no there's no maxim okay oh (laughs) so there's no one drinking maxim sad and alone if anything like in my mister when like it's like the friends and like the dynamic of like you know the brothers and the friends at the bar Mm -hmm. think of the drama being more like in that space okay Uh, that was that those were my favorite parts of my mister. it's not it's not the sad in the room alone like i mean yeah that's just not really like the vibe of it of like the main character like she's not sitting there you know sad drinking right um but i will say this goo is a damaged quiet hero that someone like tom hardy would play to perfection i will admit i have seen like a like maybe a few clips of of mr goo and that has been the only thing that's intrigued me i do love kim ji-won too i mean who wouldn't want to worship kim ji-won by the way so okay is there anything else that i think is gonna pull you over like i think this is a tough sell i know this is a tough crowd i feel like (laughs) but you know i i if you're listening at home this is for you too yeah (laughs) exactly yeah we're not just trying to sell each other we're trying to sell everybody else so okay so there's one other thing that i think the drama does really well (laughs) and um i feel like i'm being like so like highbrow here but it's symbolism And so I feel like I want to talk about like two different like small moments because there's quite a few. But I feel like the drama just does a lot of clever symbolism that just kind of like moments that are small that kind of unpack like a bigger situation. So one scene that I really quite liked is when we see Mi Jong's father, who is like a working class kind of gruff father. And he's they have like those like, you know, like the work trucks they drive in Korea that are kind of like, you know, like utility vehicles. Mm -hmm. He's got the whole family in one of those. 
And he's driving along in the country and there's like a rich family, like in their fancy car. And he ends up getting into like a race with them. And he ends up going along a dirt track to try to outrun the rich family. And while the chase is close for a while, he eventually ends up flipping the truck into a ditch. And I felt like it was just this really nice moment where like you see that even though there's like so much effort put in and so much like hard work and talent and like you really thought at one point he's like pull this off, like shit happens. And like at the end of the day, like, you know, a lot of times the poor just end up in the fucking ditch, even if like they put in the best effort and like you want them to win and you're rooting for it, like it just doesn't work out. Mm. Um, and another thing that happened is, um, so Mijon, when she, when she takes the train to Seoul, she often goes past a sign and the sign says something good will happen to you today. And I like it because I feel like the drama to me, while it feels like, you know, it's got those sobering moments of reality, kind of like the truck flipping over and things like that. There is this sense of that life can be bearable and magical even if you can find like a few seconds or moments in the day that like make something worth living and i don't i mean like yeah i i found that to be like a powerful part of it so like that billboard becomes like a thing in it she like takes pictures of it and like sends it to goo and like you know there's different times where like the billboard kind of like comes back and you just remember like good things can happen and so I don't feel like this drama felt like an emotional, it didn't feel like a depressing slog. It felt like it was like realism with some hopefulness to it, but it never, like it doesn't end up with like a huge bow where you're like, well, shit, everything's like worked out fine and everyone's happy. And there's like this big montage of laughing, but I don't feel like I left being like, oh my God, I want to like slit my throat. I felt like this feels good and would the love I would say it doesn't end with HEAs for the main love threads, but I'd say it ends with like happily for nows or doors open to happiness. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Happy for now is usually okay with me. Yeah. It just doesn't end with like, and it's shit. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. It was a good sell. It, it was, was a, a good sell. sell. And I, and also I'm glad that we talked about this on the podcast because I, I know that there are a lot of listeners of ours who really loved my, I, I, I truly feel like their, my liberation notes was like polarizing. So I've never had, I've never really heard anyone say, oh, it was okay. It was like, they either like loved it and it was their top drama or it like wasn't for them. Yeah. And I'd say for me, it's funny. Cause like my mister, like, I feel like my mister is very much the same. Well, I feel like you guys, you are like the only one who was like, Wah. but like most True. people, like, I mean, I know others exist, but I mean, like most people are like, oh my God, this is like my all time favorite drama. And I was like, I quite liked it, but I didn't walk away being like, that's in my top five. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that this is in my top five, but I would also say this was like, like, I feel like this Beck saying was well deserved. Like, I feel like it was a very, like, I do not have notes for this writer. I think that for me, it's that the reality sometimes feels a little bit realer. And so these dramas, I feel like I learn from them. I grow from them. I feel like I'm a better person after watching. Mm -hmm. So I'm so happy I watched this. Mm -hmm. I feel as if I will reflect on this drama for a long time to come. I think that really no notes. Like the acting was amazing. I think the storytelling did exactly what it needed to do. And... <sighs> Life is hard. 
Right. And so when you're put into those positions where even though this wasn't bleak, you know, we all go through our shit, right? And we all have like our traumas and we all have our whatever. So like, I mean, like it feels almost like a little bit of work. Yeah. And so I guess that's how I walked away. And I kind of felt like that with my mister. I felt like that more with my liberation notes. I enjoyed my liberation notes more than my mister. Okay. Um, Good to know. But I feel like I walked away being like, I really like this. And it feels like I need to like ponder this more. And it feels like some work. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, look, I said I just don't think this writer's for me. And that doesn't mean that the it's not good. Like, you know what I mean? That doesn't... Mm-hmm. That, and that doesn't mean that, like, I don't respect people who, like, really enjoy these stories. I think it, yeah, it's just not, it's not necessarily how, like, I want to digest stories. But, mm-hmm. but I also really respect the, I do, like, I respected my mister. And I, I think my liberation note sounds very good. I, I truly do. And maybe yeah. when I'm in, I might be in the mood. Like, you never know. I might be in the mood for, like, some Mr. Goo, and I might start it sometime. Yeah, it's a smart drama. I'd say it has a lot of feels, and it, I mean, the God, he is, I think he may be my K-drama bias now. Because, I mean, I loved, I loved him in Be Melodramatic, where he's a second male lead. Mm -hmm. And then just to spend more time, I mean, like, he is so good and so cute but also just like the whole family like the two sisters crushed it the brother crushes it like i really just loved all of them i would watch all of them in a lot more but i do i really as much as i love him and he is like beautiful and i would climb him like a redwood tree in the forest honestly kim ji Won stunned me in this because she was so it was such a mature performance Mm -hmm. where a lot happens like, she's not like IU's character. I mean, IU did an amazing job in My Mister, I think, too. But she's not like that kind of a character. She's not broken. Mm-hmm. She's more just kind of like, is this it? Like, really? Like, disappointed? <laughs> like, this is life. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is life. And so not just, like, not depressed, just kind of like, like, kind of just like, yeah. like, my life is like catching the train to work, my siblings fighting, like, people at work being kind of dumb, like, just kind of like, ugh, like, okay, I guess I kind of feel like there's like more out here, though. Yeah. And so the idea that she finally just like goes for it and goes to the neighbor and it's just like, worship me. Mm-hmm. It was I was just like, whoa, I did not know this is where the drama was going. And that really stayed with me that idea of, I mean, worship's a powerful word. And to just go drop that on like, a dude who doesn't say a lot and like usually spends his days like working on a handsaw in a sweaty tank top. Oof. <laughs> like, Why didn't you lot. say that? Yeah. At the <laughs> outset. Yeah. So he's like, he's hiding from the world. At, I mean, he's a, he's a wealthy, mysterious person that like, you get a sense that he's, you know, come from means and there's things going on for him and he's a day laborer essentially. So he uses power secret. tools in a sweaty tank top. Is what you're yeah, and he drinks a lot of <laughs> And he drinks a lot. That's I think that should have been Megan's cell. Like, <laughs> Tell me power, power tools in a tank top. <laughs> yeah. And he's just constantly like the first half of the drama is just him grinding shit in power tools with the dad who doesn't say much. And it's really hot and sunny out and they're like surrounded by like farm fields and he's just like dripping sweat. Yeah, I feel like you went almost too high brow for me <laughs> yeah yeah so he's just dripping so i mean like that's the thing is it's not cold he's not bundled up in a jacket he's just drippy sweat doing like heavy physical labor 
Patrick. And then she's just kind of like making eyes at him and eventually like worship me. And he's like, right. Huh. And then I like at one point she like calls him out on some stuff and he's like, ugh, you know, kind of like, ew, you're just going to be like every other boring person calling me out on stuff. And she actually like can completely just with like a few words fucking crush him every time. And it's so delightful because you see him like try to be like, mm, like there's some toxic masculine, like just trying to lean into some defense mechanisms to like push her away. And she just can like own him really quickly, but in like a very soft and like smart way, just kind of like, mm, you are dumb. I feel like that. Like, I feel like that's a Kim Ju Wan talent, like that she yes. can pull that kind of character off. Oh, she's so good. I do. Love yeah, her she's so much. she's great. Honestly, that's like, awesome. Good for and her. having seen her now in, I mean, I think she was also great in Descendants of the Sun. She I was my favorite part of Descendants yeah, of the she Sun. She was, she was my favorite, hands down. My yeah. favorite, like my only part. I, I, I was like, like, that's the only thing I liked about that drama was the secondary leads. Sorry. Yes, Sorry. So good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I haven't seen her in something yet that I have not liked. And I would say this is her best mm. that I've seen. That's amazing. I'm glad for her. I still want to watch Love Struck in the City. I've gotten a couple people that are like, how have you not seen that yet? I know, I know. So before we jump into the next cell, I do want to say that like we thought what would be kind of fun to like pivot within this is like on Patreon today or last night, I got a wild hair to just throw out a post that was like post a controversial opinion you have on K-drama. And I got so many funny responses and so i just thought like as we kind of like break up because it's hard to listen to like cell after cell for like both you and the listeners like let's have a little palate cleanser yeah so i'm not gonna say names because you know i'm not gonna out people nobody like was like consenting to have their opinions shared so these are all anonymous so i'm going to just name one have a reaction and then we can go to the next how does that sound yeah okay so from anonymous Namdo San in Startup is a big whiny crybaby, and I could not for a moment get the appeal of his character. False. <laughs> False. I will. My, I I laughed so hard at, when I saw this, and I also laughed because, like, the Patreon who posted is like always in our lives. Like, I know her, and I can hear her saying it, which made it even funnier. Obviously, I disagree because I love Namdo San, but. Look, I look. I appreciate the opinion. I truly do, and it made me laugh really hard. Okay, I'm going to give one more just because that one was short. And here's yeah. another one. This is going to really get. Uh, this is going to get uh, Amy. Yeah, I don't find Gong Yu attractive. <laughs> I tried, but still, I didn't like Coffee Prince as I found the female lead childish and not natural, and I dropped Goblin. Not because of the age gap, because it just didn't hit me, and I didn't like the silly banter. There, I said it. <laughs> Amy's walking. <laughs> Amy, slam your door. Oh god, so funny. She got up and walked away. <laughs> and somebody else wrote, "I'll give you his face structure is a little goblin like. Oh, it's like a little handsome gremlin." Shut up. Calling him a handsome gremlin. <laughs> So, oh my god. So I have not seen these yet on Patreon because oh. I am uh deep in like double writing deadlines. Um I'm <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm can... very I'm very hurt by this. <laughs> I take it personally. 
<laughs> and I'm coming for you, whoever you are, as soon as we're done. Wait, no, I'm, I'm going to. I want to read one more okay. because it made me kind of happy. Well, not. Well, anyway, I got. Right. So this was Ryan Gold was a bit <laughs> stiff and not that attractive. Meh. <laughs> Wrong! Incorrect! <coughs> if you have not seen her private life, oh Ryan Gold is stiff. He is. But that is his character. It is his character. I, I actually wrote back to that one and said, look, no one wears short dress pants oh like Ryan Gold. That one and, made me and like, laugh. Like, I'm sorry. When you find out his trauma, <laughs> I mean, you'd be a little stiff, too. You'd be... <laughs> But look, is Ryan Golden like my top favorite heroes? No, but like I'm never gonna not like him. I know, and you know what? Like for me, he does. It is the halo effect of Coffee Prince because that's where that's where we fell in love with him. Yeah, yeah, he was amazing. Um, see, I didn't see him first in that, so I wasn't really into him in uh, in her private life either. And you guys were like very, very aghast at that. I mean, that's why we watched that drama was because right. we love Kim Jong-uk in Coffee Prince. So mm-hmm. I, I I get that there is, you know, that there he's already got that sort of going for him that we were in love with him for some, from something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will still defend him. Um, okay. And we, we should, I said, we should keep an eye on time because we're actually going a lot. 45 yeah. minutes. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a long top 10. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay because we won't. We probably won't cover it, and there are a lot of people that wanted us to cover it. So I think that was good. We took the time. Um, I'll go next because mine is wildly different. <laughs> like mine's not smart at all. So yeah, I mean, my, uh, yeah, and mine's like a yeah, mine's a little bit uh, in the in the other direction. Uh, but I'm I'm excited. I even I posted on our Instagram after I watched it. Um, I was basically I was like surprised at how much i liked it so the title you know what is the drama's title and does it sell it the the title is unlock my boss and i was actually <laughs> let me say i was both intrigued and turned off because i was like it sounds stupid and hokey but yet what does it mean so i want to know what it what it means i mean I am not a robot is a hokey title too. And and look, look how that drama has me in a chokehold still. And, you know, the title is pretty apt for the plot of the drama. So let me give you kind of like, kind of a pitch. We have Park In Sung. uh, And he is basically like a failed actor. And now he's a job seeker. And yeah, he needs money. He has like no money, can't afford food, can't afford rent. He's like getting, getting desperate. And um, he fails his like latest um, job interview. And he goes home and in doing so, he finds a cell phone just like randomly in like the fields around his house. And the cell phone starts talking to him. And the voice claims to be Kim Sunju. And he is the CEO of a famous tech company who uh, Insung is familiar with because he just tried to interview there and didn't get the job. And this tech company is also like on the cutting edge of the latest artificial intelligence. And the voice on the phone 
says, I am Sunju, and I will give you 10 million won if you help solve the mystery of what happened to me. I lost my memory, and I cannot remember what happened to me and why I am in a phone. So where's my body? Am I dead? Why is my soul in a phone? And I will give you 10 billion won. Um, and, you know, what ensues is like craziness because Insung at first doesn't believe him. But, uh, you know, this guy is an artificial intelligence genius. And yeah. So. Look, this was one of those like Megan weird times where I just like literally plucked a drama out of nowhere because I was like in a weird mood. And it sounded weird and funky and I hadn't really heard much about it. And yeah, that so I didn't really know anyone who was in it. Um, I've never seen anyone else. Uh, the male lead is Che Jong Hyup. Uh, and I would say now I'm like a massive fan. So like I mentioned him on like our social media and someone a, a couple people said, oh, my God, he's great in all his roles. Like you you would love him. And I'm definitely going to check out uh, more of his dramas now. I will say the only other person that I was familiar with for the most part was uh, Moppy, uh, his character, and is played by Kim Sung-oh, who is the coach in Fight for My Way. So if you remember the, like, coach who sold blood sausage, that's him in a completely different role. I'll get He's to, cute. Yeah, I'll get to yeah. Moppy in a, in a minute. The male lead in Sup is... I mean, uh, he's just so great. Again, he's this former aspiring actor and he's thrust into this like cutthroat, like business world of artificial intelligence. And he has to step into the role of CEO. And it's basically like 12 episodes of fake it till you make it. Um, as far as comps. So here's the thing. I haven't actually seen my hollow love yet. <laughs> holo. I Holo. What did I say? Hollow? Hollow. <laughs> Why did I say that? My because it's, it's holographic. Yeah, holo well, it's love. a it's a hologram, but you would say holo. I think you would say my holo. No, love, you're because otherwise it sounds like hollow, like H O L O. You can always correct me on my pronunciation because that's <laughs> probably wrong. So my holo love, um, I haven't seen it, but just from what I know about it, I think it's similar. There's a lot of artificial intelligence stuff, and in that vein, um, I would maybe say I am not a robot is a comp as well. Um, there is a romance in, um, Unlock My Boss, but it's definitely a lot more subtle. Um, basically any whodunit mystery that's like twisty, that's a comp for this. Um, and also a lot of humor. Like I was cracking up when I was watching this. Um, so the tropes, sunshine versus grumpy. Heck yeah. But the sunshine is the male lead. He is freaking delightful. I can't. He's just this eternal optimist with a huge heart. And I just enjoyed watching him kind of like come into his own and gain confidence when he really should have like floundered. Um, The female lead is... So Unsu, which I I don't know if I've seen her in other things. 
but I loved her in this. So she is kind of the grumpy. She's the one who's got like the emotional boo-boos, the trauma. She's like a much more confident and less broken, my Mr. Heroin. <laughs> so the, let's get to the conflict. And, you know, why does it work? So, again, Insung is de- desperate to make money and make something of himself. His parents are these, like, kind of, like, country farmers, okay? And so he really wants to make it in Seoul. That's what he's, like, determined to do. And he sees kind of how the wealthy live, and he wants that. And so he wants to solve this mystery to get the money. That's obviously his first motiv- motivation is he's like, yeah, I'll help you out. Because I want the 10 billion won. But as obviously the drama goes on, he then starts to care for everyone involved. I mean, it's a, it's a big cast because you have Sunju, you have his daughter. So he has like a six-year-old daughter who is adorable. And she lives in this like massive, you know, mansion with essentially like a butler and a nanny. And so that's kind of like the family that In Sung is like thrust into uh, because he has to take over the role of CEO. He's been, that's how they don't want anyone to know that uh, Sunju is actually like in a phone. Like they're obviously trying to keep that under wraps. And um, so, so In Sung is thrust into the CEO role. So it's extremely high concept. It's very fast paced. Again, it's 12 episodes. So you're moving at a fast clip, which I personally like, like, something was, like, dramatically happening all the time. And, um, yeah, I want to talk about the romance a little bit because I really loved it. So, at the very beginning, they, I mean, obviously, they don't know who, what happened to um, Sunju. And so, In Sung doesn't know who he can trust, and and the female lead is Sunju's receptionist. So, uh, yeah, Insung doesn't know if he can trust her, but he wants to trust her. And he's obviously attracted to her because she's adorable, um, except she's also very cold. Sorry, once the story gets going, the two have to work together all the time. So I like that, too, because they're, like, always in close proximity. And the romance ended up being um, really super sweet. I guess I was surprised. Sometimes when there's, like, a big external conflict like this, where it's, like, a murder mystery, the romance doesn't really delve into what they like about each other. Um, and how they are compatible. And I thought that this drama did that, which surprised me. So let me try to, (laughs) let me try to sell this to Leah. And that's to say, (laughs) is that a bird? Yeah. What is his problem? (laughs) He's not, he's not feeling the, uh, the cell. I guess he doesn't like unlock my boss. <laughs> so let's get to Moppy. So Moppy is, he's a, a side character. He is an orphan turned lone shark enforcer. And I mean like a terrible dude. At the very beginning, I thought he was going to be like one of the main antagonists. But then he turns into a bodyguard who's very sundere. And basically the entire drama, he's only interested in himself. I think his line is something like, the only thing I trust is money. I think that's what he says. Uh, So he's only interested in himself until he bonds with 
uh, Sunju's essentially abandoned daughter because she does not know where her father is and she is obviously upset all the time. Is but she doing bought- her taxes and stuff like no, that? No, no, because she has a nanny and a butler, so she's okay. <laughs> um, but she's obviously abandoned and upset and he that's like the one thing he's able to connect with. It's like the one thing that's able uh, to move him. And he bonds with her basically over Choco Pie. And every time he comes on screen... There is this song that I am obsessed with. Nobody is perfect. And it's by Mick Daddy. I don't know. He's a Korean rapper. Uh, He was on like Show Me the Money and stuff. But it's MCK Daddy. And this song like gets me pumped. Like it's I love it so much. And it's really perfect for Moppy. Um, so I really think like if everything in this drama, like Moppy is going to be like, what would get you hooked? Because I would say when I watched it, I was like, really into the drama. I was I was like enjoying it for what it was. But then like Moppy came on the scene. And then I was like, Oh, so now I'm like, heavily emotionally involved. So I do like Kim Sung Ho. Um, look, I don't know if this is gonna be for me. But I have to say it's a tough sell. I also like hats off to a drama that's like there is a spirit locked in a phone. Oh, <laughs> so there's a there's a Western comp for this. It's called Upload on on Prime um, with Robbie Amell. And the conceit is like it's this new fangled thing that when you die, if you want, you can have your consciousness uploaded and you can still mm. exist, but just in digital format. Um, and the twist is that, like, he's uploaded, um, and after he's uploaded, he finds out that he was murdered. And so it's a murder mystery. And I, I've only watched season one, and it's a it was a quick, like, it's a 10-episode thing that I watched in, like, I think two sittings. So anyway, this is making me think about it the whole time, so just tossing it out there for a Western yeah. comp. It's kind of, yeah, and I like that, too. So I, there's something about that conceit that's fun to me. It is. It's a very interesting premise, because you don't know... Like, and and you're like, okay, well, his soul's in this phone. Like, yeah, let's solve what happened to him. Because, again, you don't know. All he knows, like, he thinks he might be dead, but he doesn't know. And that's, like, very clear at the beginning. So that's not a spoiler. Like, all he does is he, all he knows is he can't remember, like, the past, like, 12 hours. And he just knows he's in a phone. And he can do, what's really cool is this phone, he can, like, do all kinds of shit. So when they're trying to, like, solve this murder... He's like this like tech wizard that can like hack into all this stuff like within the phone. So a lot of times they're like, if you can just get this phone to this plug and plug me in, like where where are they? Were they they're like get her oh they need like some nurse to like I think plug the phone into her computer so he can like access some like computer some records. And so they're like, can you just charge this phone for me? And she's like, sure. And then he's like, I'm in. And he's like <laughs> searching the records. And it's like, it's so like, interesting, you know, and, and then there's, oh, there's a really funny part where Insung drops him in the toilet, drops the phone in the, I say him, drops the phone in the toilet. And of course, the, to- the, the phone doesn't work. And he's freaking out because he's like, what, what if something like, what if I can't get him back? Like I just killed him twice, like <laughs> twice or whatever. And and uh, Jung Se Yun, who's the receptionist, at this point they're like working together. She's so mad at him. She's like, "How could you drop him in the toilet?" And it's like this like whole storyline about how he has to take this phone to like um like a repair shop and get it repaired because he dropped it in the toilet. 
Um, and it's like waterlogged and whatever. He gets the phone back, but it's like the fact that this phone is like its own person throughout like the entire drama is really intriguing. And like how mm-hmm. and the phone obviously he'll it'll start recording. Like as soon as it like knows something might be happening in its vicinity, like, you know, Sanju will be like, Oh, I'm gonna start recording now and he like so he has all these like all this dirt on people you know it's just it's great and okay so for amy so i kind of already said this but amy basically like i actually do think amy would really really like this drama i'm already sold i but i want to hear i want to hear how you're going to specifically sell it i know i am sorry because i feel like i explained this in a convoluted way because i at first i was like really brief but then like Leah explained hers more in depth, so I'm like, maybe I should. But anyway, so I said it's a whodunit mystery with a sunshine male lead who is a failed actor. And one thing that he will always do. So, again, he has to step into the CEO role, which he is wholly unprepared for. Like, he has no he doesn't know anything about artificial intelligence. Like, he's a very smart guy, but he's not prepared to be right to be in this role. But uh, he always wanted to be an actor. Um, he was like, basically, they, there's this whole flashback where he was in this, um, he was in a movie when he was a little kid. And uh, like this, they, they had like, they were like filming in his in his like little village town and he was in it. And ever since then, he like had the bug, you know, so he did like drama school and everything, but he never made it. So every time he's in this CEO role and he really has to like perform because normally he has like a little ear piece. Mm hmm. Uh, where he has to, where where Sanju in the phone is talking to him through the earpiece and telling him what to say. And he, uh, there's this one scene where he's like at a podium in front of reporters and a bunch of business people. And Sanju's telling him what to say, but the enemies, you know, the big baddies who, you know, are they responsible for Sanju's disappearance? I don't know. But they're like members of, of like uh, another rival company or something. Um they realize something's going on with the earpiece, so they take it out and they dump it in water. And so Ilsung is standing up there realizing now he needs to talk as a CEO, as a supposed prodigy of Sunju, and he knows nothing. And he kind of does this thing where, like, he closes his eyes and he's like, ready, action. And he opens up his eyes and he's like, the role. And he does it multiple times in the drama. It's not overdone, but it's like every single time he has to like really completely just improv off his ass. He has this like ready action. And I love he, and, that. And he kills it because he's so freaking good. Um, and I love that whole, I love that whole thing. And um, And it's just, and the thing is, What's so exciting about it is the stakes are very high. And every single time that, like, his life is on the line, you know, like, he could, he knows that there's been nefarious things going on. So he knows he could also, you know, either be wind murdered up in a phone. or hurt. He, yeah, he knows he could also wind up in a phone. And it's also very twisty. There are several times. And especially there's, like, one big twist that had me completely gasping. Like, I did not see it coming. I felt gaslighted. (laughs) The drama, like, full-on gaslighted me, and I loved it. I love being surprised where I don't see things coming, and that, that that was this drama. 
So yeah, yeah it I, sounds super fun. I think it's a I think it's an Amy drama for sure because I think you'd like the romance. The romance is really sweet. Um, it's like um more subtle, but we do get a kiss. I don't think that's a spoiler to say we get a kiss. And I also felt the romance. Like I got it why they kind not completed each other because that's so like corny to say, but in a way, like what made them fit together? Like mm-hmm. I got it. They seem to like kind of fill each other's missing areas you know what i mean yeah i like it and he also has this like really these really funny parents who they show up and they're like these country bumpkins with like cases of apples they just want to like be nice to their son at his new job and they don't know he's the ceo because he can't really like he's trying to like keep this all in the hush hush until he can figure out what to do and they show up and they find him in the ceo office and it's just hysterical with their cases of apples and they're just so they're just so cute um, and I think I like this too, because at the beginning I thought his dad, when they first showed his dad, I thought his dad was like a total dick. And I was like, oh my, like really hard on his son. And, you know, I thought it was going to be kind of like one dimensional. And then you realize he's hard on his son because he wants better for him, but he really does love him. Um, which I know is a little cliche, but I appreciated that perspective in this drama. And... Like, and it also, like, I understood why he was as sunshiny as he was. I mean, he seriously is the sunniest sun to ever shine. He, despite this plot, he's still just, like, freaking delightful. And every once in a while, like, he, like, shows a little bit more skin and he's, like, super muscular and it's, like, really weird because it feels like out of nowhere. He's, like, extremely cute, especially when at the beginning of the drama, he's, like, you know, wearing like a tank top his like hair is all down and then of course he gets a ceo makeover you know right and he's got the suits and he's got the hair up and he is he's extremely attractive and you know they have like kind of like slow-mo of them of him and the the receptionist like walking with their suits and their sunglasses and as they're like you know just wreaking havoc on this business to try to find out what happened to sunju and Anyway, yeah. And then there's always Moppy, who was the best. So, yeah, I I just found it really fun. Again, it's 12 episodes, so it was quick and really fun. And just it was one of those dramas where I finished watching it and I was like, that was really fucking good. It was just a good, entertaining drama. And it made me like, I finished it and I felt like happy. You know, I felt like I got... The endorphins I wanted to get when I was done a drama. So that's how I hmm. felt. That's always good. Yeah, that's how I felt about Unlock My Boss. Again, the, the premise, it's one of those premises where, again, I'm like, you kind of got to trust me. But I like things that are kind of tech bonkers like that. It is like, tech fine. bonkers. Yeah. It is tech bonkers. And there's cr- there's crazy tech stuff all the time. But it's, I don't know. You know? And it's and it feels scrappy, too. Because you have this, yeah. like, underdog guy stepping into this like massive role he's unprepared for and he just like manages to wing it and pull it off and you're rooting for him the whole time like that feels good too i know i think we talked about that before like i love rooting against villains but i like rooting for a hero more and it felt so fun to like obviously hate the villains but be so rooting for the hero and the heroine to win. So that's it. I think it sounds super fun. I'm sold. I think it sounds 
fun and I would have to be like a slightly tipsy. I think you would have to be in the mood for it. I don't think yeah. it's really a Leah drama, but, but I Leah, do you think- loved Holo and this is like giving the same kind of vibe as Holo. Yeah, it is. That's what I that's like that's the thing is like the comp feels like this. Yeah, and but I do think it's an Amy drama, so for sure. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I think you'd like it. Okay, so now it's time for our favorite segment, the K-pop Wreck of the Week. And Megan, what do you have for us today? Yeah, I'm so excited about this. Uh, my very first K-pop bias is Taeyong. From, he is the leader of NCT 127. And actually, he's the, the, the leader of the whole NCT. And actually, in our Slack channel, Taeyong's face is my profile picture. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And it's been this whole time, and I'm not changing it. Um, I love Taeyong so much. He's just an incredible performer. He's one of those guys who was, like, picked off the street. Like, the agency was like, can we buy you toast? And he's like, um, yeah, I'll take some toast. And that's how he was recruited. (laughs) He couldn't sing or dance or rap at the time. And now he's, you know, head of NCT. So he has a solo out, um, his solo album. And the first single is called Shalala. And it is pure Taeyang. So just a brief explanation of NCT's music. It's meant to be experimental. It's meant to be a little weird. I recommended Sticker on this podcast before, which is an insane, weird song that some people absolutely hate. Um, But that is, uh, that's what NCT does. So you either like it or you don't, and that's okay. And I would say Shalalala is exactly that it's exactly what i would expect from taeyong and that's why i love it so much and the other day in the car i listened to the whole album and i loved it he has a song called ruby um which is the name of his like late dog who was like his soulmate so he basically wrote a song for his dog and that's lovely as well so yeah i just think it's a great song it's so catchy it's so fun the music video is an acid trip just fyi he's like a yeti at one point I don't know what's happening. I don't care. It's great, fun, and entertaining. So yeah, that's Shalala by Taeyang. If you enjoy our podcast, you have our patrons to thank, at least in part. Afternoon of Delight Patreon allows us to keep creating content for y'all to enjoy. Thank you so much to everyone who is supporting us there. And not to brag, but our Patreon community is pretty awesome. And you can join at a tier that feels good to you. Gain access to fun perks like K-drama posts, monthly Patreon-only bonus podcasts, and even a live K-drama support group on Zoom. Because we know firsthand what it's like to have no one to talk to about those crazy plot twists, amazing characters, and all those feelings. And look, no one should have to walk that walk alone. So learn more by visiting AfternoonAdelight.com. That's www. Afternoonadelight.com. And hey, while you're on the website, you can check out Afternoona Delight Podcast merch, find links to book recommendations, bop along to our K-pop recs, blow up your skin with K-merch recs, find all of our social media and a link to our email so you can send us recommendations or feedback. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you pop over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review? It really helps with our discoverability. Gamsamnida. So what kinds of things do you both like to do when you drive? Pay attention to the road? Is this a trick question? All right, how about when you fold laundry? Why am I folding laundry in this scenario? 
read, friends. I was trying to get you to say read. You could just ask us if we like to read when we drive or... Wait, how are you reading when you're driving? With Audible. You know, our sponsor, who is the leading creator and provider of premium audio storytelling, enriching the lives of millions of listeners every day. I listen to audiobooks on my commute to work in the car. Oh, yeah. I totally do that. I love my Audible subscription. Then why'd you leave me hanging with the whole driving thing? Forget it. It's not important. What is important is that now our listeners can get a 30-day free trial of Audible Premium Plus from Afternoon of Delight. Do you know what they get with that free trial? Actually, I do. They get one audiobook credit, two if they are Prime members, which is good for any premium selection, and they get to keep that audiobook. They also get the whole Audible Plus catalog of podcasts, like Afternoon of Delight, audiobooks, guided wellness, and Audible originals. And with the Plus catalog, you can listen all you want, no credits needed. And Audible sends you a reminder email before your trial ends. Sounds like a great way to spend 30 days to me, especially if you're heading outside for a walk, have a long commute to work, or just want to hear one of many talented narrators really bring your book to life. All you have to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash afternoona to sign up and you're ready to download your first listen. Enjoy! Yeah, who's interested in another controversial opinion? Here we have one. I'm sorry, Amy. These are all coming for you. Oh my gosh. I'm glad I wasn't on Patreon today. So we're back with some more unpopular opinions that are apparently dashing all of my hopes and dreams and yucking my yums. I do not see the appeal of Eamon Ho. His <laughs> acting is just so stiff. <laughs> I'm talking about him in a minute. So oh my god! Buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> this person has not watched uh, The King Eternal Monarch or Pachinko then because he grows. Oh my god, that's so funny. Okay, how about another one? Uh-huh. Let's see. Oh, this one's interesting. And I like this person put in parentheses cracks knuckles first. Okay. Um, one class should have let Park Sarri be the ace king. He so clearly was. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, what? Yeah, for sure. I, I buy that. I've said from the very beginning I would have been fine without no romance. <laughs> I like the romance, but I thought that was an interesting thing. I think I like the romance take. too, but I would totally buy him as ace. Absolutely. And by ace, just so everyone knows, we mean asexual. Because yeah. when I first saw ace, I was reading that comment and I was like, but he was a king. I thought they meant like a deck of cards, like ace. Oh my God. Make like, <laughs> what oh was I God. thinking? I don't know. Yeah, and it like yeah, just okay. get your sweaty meat sticks off of this one. <laughs> it just made it just it just like hit me what okay. they meant. Here's one that Kate, because you said like, you know, the writer for my mister and my liberation notes isn't for you. Here's one. I got bored during Fight for My Way, and I got bored during When the Camellia Blooms. This writer obviously doesn't do it for me. Yeah, and you know what? That's fair. And if you know the writer doesn't do it for you, then don't put yourself through it. That's kind of my motto right yeah, now. Yeah, I respect, I respect you realizing that a writer doesn't work for you. I don't expect – I don't respect you um, throwing shade at Gong Yu and Eamon Ho. Wait, I, I got to read <laughs> – I people I, are allowed. I got to read this one because – I don't even agree, but the comment itself made me literally cackle out loud. <laughs> I 
don't even know if I can say it. I keep trying to find Kimu Bin attractive, but to me, he looks like, like a Canadian on South Park. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so, do you know what the Canadians I, on South Park look like? They have the split heads. Yeah. Like, I don't. Oh my god! What? No. Yes, they have a split head. They have a split head. What are you talking about? Oh my gosh! <laughs> like of all things to compare him to, <laughs> it cracked me up. It's and, funny, but don't, I don't and, agree. And they Again, have, I don't agree. They have the really the eyebrows. pronounced eyebrows. I think yeah, that's eyebrows. what this person meant. But it made oh me. God. It made me crack up. Okay, before we get into Amy's, I'm going to share one of mine because I put two controversial opinions. Okay, in, so I'm going to share one. Okay. And that is one that is to like bump Amy up because I know Amy agrees with me. And my controversial opinion is that I do not care that Kim Shin from the Goblin is a being that is hundreds of years old and looks like a whole ass grown man and falls in love with a girl in a school girl in a high school outfit. I do not care that she is in a outfit with a bow nope. tie. In fact, I like it better. Never <laughs> once faced me. Not once. Okay. In real life, I would have him in the principal's office. Right. Of course. <laughs> but in this, I was like, that red bow? It never bothered me because her. the story was so good. For me. For me. Never bothered me. And because he's gorgeous. Objectively. 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 <laughs> he does not look like a gremlin. No. <laughs> a gremlin. <laughs> or dare you. Our Patreons were like, they went for the throat. <laughs> I was laughing. I was like, oh my God, I want to do this again. Because like we have at this point, I want to see how many comments. I mean, we normally get like a good amount of comments for things. But this thread, let me just see what we're at right now. I feel- we're at 170 comments <gasps> right Holy now. shit. I fully believe that some of them have been holding this in for all this time. You know, because they, like, oh. hear us talk about things. Like, someone came for Anbo Hyun, too, and his nose. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm not reading this one. Because it's just going <laughs> to... I'm not reading that comment. <laughs> but I feel one like... One last one before we go I here. feel like it's, it's getting like... personal with Yeah, I feel like... No. But I feel like they, well, like, have listened to us, and they hear us kind of say yes. the same things. And they're like, yes. I, I got to get... And you know what? Good. That's why we... Like, it's we love fun. you all. We respect you all. Yeah. We do. The... We don't the have to agree gonna, The last one I'm going to leave you with before we go to Amy's, because it's only one sentence. Mm-hmm. Silent C wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> that comment also made me laugh out loud. I loved it. <laughs> Again, false. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take it away, Amy. Okay. Here I go to build back up Eamon Ho. Okay. So I have talked about this drama on the pod before. We have not done this drama for the pod because I'm the only one who's watched it so far. And I'm hoping that someday we will do it. Um, And it is The Legend of the Blue Sea. So we'll start with the title. So does the title sell the drama? If you know it's about a mermaid, Then yes, the title sells the drama. I don't, like, I went into this knowing it was about a mermaid. Like, for me, it was after Crash Landing on You, I wanted to know what else did Pak Jian write. I want to watch it all. And Legend of the Blue Sea. So that's what I went to that. Um, and I was also in my Lee Min Ho era, which 
I still am. Yeah. So there. So yeah, does the does the title sell it? Yeah, if you know it's about mermaids, it sells it. If it doesn't, I'm not sure. <laughs> so my one-sentence pitch for this drama, uh, a beautiful – and I – ever the writer. I didn't – it's not a short one sentence because I can – you know, I know how to use punctuation. So mm. a beautiful bubbling mermaid comes to land to woo her fated love who is sporting some major abandonment issues. And if she fails, she must either return to the sea or die from a broken heart. Aww. That's a good pitch, right? It is a great pitch. Look at this stuff. Isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that is actually not the comp that I go to, and I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> but that's a good one. And the new Little Mermaid is out, and I do want to see it. So there we go. Very timely. Okay, so who is in it? And why is that part of the draw? Ahem. Ahem. Eamon Ho is the hero. Ho Jun Jae, a present-day con artist who does not remember his past life as Dam Young, a Joseon governor who frees a captured mermaid named Sehwa. Um, we get to see him as a smarmy con man, but also a swoony Joseon governor in period garb. Uh, Sehwa, or Sim Chung, as she's known in modern times, is played by Jiana Jun, or her Korean name Jun Ji Hyun, our beloved Chong Sung Yi from My Love from the Star. And her physical comedy is, like, beyond amazing in this, um, especially as a mermaid who is walking, talking, and eating human food for the first time. Oh, and she learns to talk in one night by watching K-dramas. But wait, there's more. Um, some that even surprise me since it's been a couple of years since I watched the drama. The one that I've mentioned tons of times before is Sung Dong Il, and this is the first thing that I saw him in. And he plays Mr. Yang, the Joseon man, who I think is the one who captures the mermaid. Um, and in present day, he's Ma Dae Young, a notorious serial killer. Then we have Shin Hai Sun, who we all loved in Mr. Queen, mm -hmm. as Cha Sia, the woman in love with Jun Jae, our second female lead. We have Park Hae-su, which I didn't know him then, but I was looking through the cast and I was like, oh my gosh, he's in this one. And then there are one episode cameos by Crystal, um, who I know and love from Ayers. I know she's probably been, I think she's been in a couple other things we've seen, but it was Ayers where I fell in love with her. Um, Park Jin-ju, Kim Sun-young, um, Hong Jin-kyung, who's one of our Singles Inferno female hosts, and she's hilarious in this, and... This is the one that shocked me. Cho Jong Suk is in two episodes. So my my love from Hospital Playlist. Oh, okay. Um, so I want to go back and watch this um, just for him again. Uh, and I think, yeah, I basically just sold myself on a rewatch with the cast. But yeah, lots of, <laughs> lots of. It means like done and done. Yeah, done huh? and done. I'll see you guys. So, yeah. So what comps for the drama that'll help sell it? So yeah, I mean Little Mermaid, um, but I'm going 80s here with the Western film Splash. Oh, there are a lot of similarities. I love Splash between um, John Ji Hyun's character uh, Sehwa and Daryl Hannah's character in Splash, especially when some, when she first arrives on land and she doesn't know how to walk, she doesn't know how to talk. Um, it's pretty funny, and it's a pretty good comp in the way of the comedy of all of that. Uh, the serial killer twist is new, so there is no serial uh, there is no serial killer in Splash. <laughs> uh, so, 
You know, and if you want a hero with big time emotional boo-boos, having been abandoned by his mom as a child and whose father went and got himself a whole new family after divorcing her, um, then you've got that going for you as well. So tropes, what does the drama have that we can't resist? Faded mates. Come on. Faded mates and wounded hero. Uh, Emotionally wounded hero. Faded Mates is one of my absolute favorites, and we've got, like, the past lives falling in love situation going on here, um, and then meeting again in, you know, hundreds of hundreds of years later. Um, that's, that's always a quick sell to me, Faded Mates. I love it. Same. Um, why does the conflict work? So I mentioned it in my one-sentence pitch, but... I mean, it's a really high concept, you know, when we talk about high concept or quiet, like this is definitely high concept. Um, when Sim Chung comes out of the water to find her mate, it's great, except if she doesn't get him to reciprocate her love and she doesn't go back to the sea in time, her heart will harden and she'll die. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, well, so, that, I mean, there's not much more high stakes than that. No, I mean, it is <laughs> definitely life or death. Yeah. Um, and then we've also got a serial killer going around, too. And the serial killer is connected to them in their past life. So it makes it, I think, even higher stakes because both of their lives are at risk, especially if the serial killer knows who he was in the past life. And I won't give away whether or not he does because that's part of the story. Okay. So I'm going to give a specific sell now to both of you. Okay. And I'll start with Leah. Okay. And Leah... uh. Yimin Ho in a little Josen hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> and then Megan's like, definitely not that. You're not going to mention that. <laughs> Megan, your your cell is shifter romance. Oh. Yeah. See, I do like that. Yeah. Honestly, so. this is the thing. I did not know there was like history to them. There was like past live stuff. I yeah. love past live stuff. So that yeah. got me more interested. So, and it, but it also has, you know, I'll give another comp, and it's the same writer as well, which is my love from the star. Like, it, it's, you know, the actual fish out of water in this one. Right. You know, it's the fish out of water trope. It's the, the murder trope. But I do think that this one has better pacing than, um, than my love from the star. Cause my love from the star was good, but I do think it had a little bit of a saggy middle to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's got Junji Hyun in both of them as well. And her, I mean, she she's just, she's got that, like, Lucille Ball quality. She where does. She just, she's got the physical comedy. She's beautiful. Um, and, and the timing is just absolutely perfect. And I, I love her in this. You, you want to talk about worship. Like, she just worships Junjae. Um, and, it, yeah, it's awesome. So... Here's some other stuff. So let's talk about the romance. No romance. Why is this good? So yes, th- this is a 100% a romance. Romance with a little side of serial killer. So the romance is both swoony and funny. Back in the Joseon era, here's how the romance starts. I won't give away everything. But Dam Ryong and Sehwa meet as children when she saves him from drowning. Again, Splash as a comp, mm-hmm. right? Because that happens to Tom Hanks' character when he's a kid. They become friends and then fall in love, but Sehwa cannot gain her legs until adulthood, and Dam Young is betrothed to another noblewoman. But on his wedding night, he jumps into the sea, desperate to find Sehwa again, and almost drowns again. 
And because she does not want to cause him any more pain or risk his life, she saves him and then erases his memory so he won't come looking for her again. More happens in this past life that is pretty tragic, but I won't spoil it because I want you to watch. But then when the two cross paths again in modern day, Sehua, now called Sim Chung, and he gives her that name for a reason, um, finally has her legs and one last shot at being with her true love. But a mermaid's heart can only last so long out of the water. Junjae needs to return her love for her to survive or else her heart, will heart, her heart will harden and she will eventually die. So what is not to love about this setup? Mm, I love that. Right? Like, and the funny thing is, is when I watched it, because I watched this one after I had watched, um, what do you call it? The King Eternal Monarch, mm-hmm. right? Because the King, the King Eternal Monarch is really what set me on my Eamon Ho path. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going back a little bit, right? And so for anybody who's like, Eamon Ho can't act, he's stiff or whatever. Like his acting chops, I think, are still growing. And I do think he hits his stride in The King Eternal Monarch. But I really did like him in this. He's a great con man. He's great at the comedy. Um, is this a deeply emotional drama? No. Um, I do think, actually, their past life and how that connects, that's where the emotion comes in, and I really did like that part about it. But I didn't cry in this drama. Like, I could, you could just tell from the vibe of it that um, that it would have an HEA, and it does. But how it gets there, I think, is pretty fun. Uh, and I enjoyed it a lot. And, yeah, I mean, it's a great blend of, of comedy and romance. And I just... I, I crack up that Sung Dong Il, this is the first thing that I saw him in. And so I had no idea who he was and how much I was going to love him and like everything else that I saw him in. But yeah, he's a serial killer in this and he's a pretty icky, smarmy dude, you know, in the past as well. So yeah. So my my bonus sort of like anything else that I think would put you over the edge that I've already mentioned is the writer's Park Jian. Um of my love from the star and crash landing on you. Mm. This is the drama that she wrote right before Chloe. And so she wrote this one after my love from the star. So I, I, you know, just like Uh -uh. acting ability grows. I think writing ability grows as well. And I think we've all experienced that. And I'd say her writing is progressively better as far as pacing. Like I said, if we compare it to my love from the star, but it's a very different vibe from Chloe. Like the vibe is very much like my love from the star, but, um, I think better. I liked this one better than my love from the star, even though I love our boomer alien yeah. and his towel in the shower. <laughs> I, um, I think this sounds great. So one one other thing that I that I do want to toss out there, and it's part of like the mermaid romance, like when um when Eamon Ho's character, when Jun Jae finally does like feel his connection to her, and I don't remember if it's if he knows she's a mermaid at this point or not, but he re- they had this connection. And he can start hearing her thoughts. And she knows this, too. Like, she knows that he can. And I think this really dials up the comedy because she is in love with him and, like, very blatantly in love with him and even more so in love with him in her head. And there's this – and so she's staying in this, like, annex, like, in his bedroom. 
And so she climbs up this ladder every night and goes into her little annex. And he's like, right, you know, like not even a full floor below laying in his bed. And there's this one night where just in, in her head, she's like, you know, ho Junjae this, ho Junjae, ho Junjae, ho Junjae. And he's like, all these things about how she feels about Junjae. And he's like cracking up and tossing and turning in bed because he can't sleep if she's thinking about him. Um, yeah. And it's, I, I just love it. Like, and I don't think, um, I don't think I appreciated this kind of drama back then mm. because I it was very soon after Chloe and Goblin and I was expecting that every K-drama was going to just like rip my emotions out. Right. And this one didn't. And I think I maybe dinged it for that in the beginning. But now going back and having watched, you know, like Secret Garden as well and, you know, going back and watching some more dramas with like that classic feel, I think this fits right in and is like really well done. I love that. I love that. I think it, I, I'm more interested in watching it now. Even so. though it's got Eamon Ho. <laughs> I mean, he's not my favorite, but I like him. I'm kidding. I'm talking And about I loved him in King. The dings I he got think, today. No, oh God. My, my issue with Eamon Ho is just never ending. It is the most hilarious. Trick, I, lo- which is- I love it. I love it. <laughs> every time. Every time. I see Eamon Ho. I love Eamon Ho. And then I finish and I'm like, I don't know if I love Eamon Ho. Right. <laughs> and I've seen. You Love forget. Like, like you for, you forget. Every time. Every time I'm like, oh, I mean, like, I guess he's okay. He's not like one of my faves. And then I watch, I'm like, oh my God, I love him. He's so good. <laughs> and then I'm like, this is I'll be like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. So, okay. I have one short, I have to tell you this one too, because okay. you referenced it and we, this one did get a specific hate shout out. Okay. And that is my love from the start. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so from anonymous, my husband and I rank my love from the start at the bottom of our list, <laughs> which I asked him roughly how many K dramas we've watched. And he said, probably around 120 plus. We both felt a deep relief when it was over. <laughs> We, we liked the female lead, but the male lead was always so mean to her, and his lectures were weird, easily debunked, emo psych. We felt so bad for the second male lead, who was nice and who supported Oh, he was my favorite. Yeah, he was great. Acting career, instead of being controlling and jealous about it like the main lead was. So I just want to tell the listener, if you have not gone back and looked, Amy actually wrote a second male lead SOS mm-hmm pod where she gave the second millie a whole happily ever after that he's so richly because he was my favorite he was great we all agree i like i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna fight with that comment i mean honestly i can see where they're coming from it's not it's not at the bottom of my list that drama like i liked it yeah it's not my last but it's not my favorite it's if i had a midpoint somewhere it would probably be in my back i mean i will say this i don't think about it like ever no. I think about her sometimes because she was so funny. I do. Yeah. She's so she's yeah. so funny. Like when she got stuck in the, in the sleeping um, bag. That's, bag. I think, I, about, that. I think about that a lot. Well, And I think about the, the towel. alien taking a shower. You're right. We do think, but, but it's like, <laughs> we do talk about the shower a lot. Yeah. I mean, that is funny because Boomer Alien is one of our like Patreon yeah. tiers, but it's just because it was a funny term. I And I, I will say one of the reasons I decided to talk about Unlock My Boss today is because I I didn't think I thought I was going to consume it like quickly and then forget about it. I still think about it kind of a lot. It's it like stuck with me more than I thought. And that's why I was like, you know what? I'll try to sell you on it today because 
You know, some dramas are just like that, where I feel like I watch them and I don't really think about them again. Like, this is crazy, but I don't really right. think about Hometown Cha-Cha-Cha a lot, which I know is crazy because no, I don't either. I loved it at the time, but it right. just... But it's it was kind of like a one-off. Yeah. I was good. And it so I always, you know, and so still, that's, that's what's going to keep a drama in my top five or top ten is the ones that, like, I think about all the time and the ones that stick mm-hmm. with me, you know? So I'm going to have to see where my liberation notes kind of settles for me. Yeah, you have um, to give it time. I don't think it's a top five, but I think it could be like top 10 to 15. Right. I Likely. But I do, I mean, like, again, no notes on it. It's just that, like, when I think of top five, I'm like, what am I going to rewatch and right. rewatch? Right, It's but It's the rewatch was, factor, for sure. But it's, it's, yeah, it didn't feel like a, and it didn't feel like a comfort watch. Not that all dramas need to feel like a comfort watch either, because they don't. But, um. Right. Yeah, I'm going to think about it for a long time. And again, I think everything in the drama that had to happen, like, I really, I 10 out of 10 it. Yeah, no, I, well, I, you, you both made your dramas appealing. Like, Leah, like, that one has never been on my list, and I'm, I'm inching toward it now, because you made it sound really good. You did. You did. And I'm glad I did. I felt like I fumbled a little bit, but then I hit my stride to try to sell you. And yeah. um, I think it's... It's, yeah, it's, you. I mean, you already had me at the concept because concept like is I really said, cool. it, it, It's just like upload on Prime, and it made and it's like it's like ho- my holo love. Look, like anytime you give me, I got to be honest. If you a premise like that is usually going to get me to watch. I love like a weird premise with like a good. Okay, conflict. so watch holo so we could do it for the pod. I know, I know, I'll I rewatch it. I know, I gotta do it. She falls in love with a hologram. I know. Right now, right now, I'm watching my perfect stranger and i am like it's just it's it's a lot it's like a it's like a i i'm thinking it might be a comp for um unlock my boss it's like the same thing it's like this like who done it twisty like murder mystery but in the past it, i don't know right now it's like kind of consuming uh my thoughts a little bit and it's ongoing which is killing me well, I have to start Extraordinary Me You because we're going to pod that. But I also f- want to put something out. Like, I also just want to do, like, an irresponsible watch of something, too. Yeah. And so we'll see. Because this one, my liberation notes, like, that hit from when I went back to, you know, Patreon was like, I don't know. I just want to watch something and I don't know what. And I finally was like, yeah, sure. I'll jump in on my liberation notes. And from go, I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm see, interested. I love that. I love doing like a weird, I don't know. I love, I love starting something just because I was like, I'm in the mood for this. I love, there's nothing mm-hmm. better. And then it like hits the mood that like, or it, it hits the note, like you're in the mood for it to hit, you know yeah. what I'm trying <laughs> And I, I love that. I would say like, that's, that was like, unlock my boss for me. And sometimes it's just like other things, but all right, we should wrap up. Man, we went long today, but that was fun. I But this is fun. Yeah. I like doing this because, it, like, I don't have time to shop dramas, so it's fun to have you guys. Well, I think it's a good me. way for us to mention different dramas, too, that we might not be, yeah. like, covering full deep dives, but it still gives people who like those dramas or who are interested in them, like, a chance to, like, hear about them. Um, yeah, and I do think it's also, look sometimes we just want to like we all do a very different taste yeah. so it can become like homework assignments sometimes for sure like to watch things that you may not normally watch right. even if it's for the fun of the pot right i know i'm a little nervous for megan to watch extraordinary you because you don't do high school dramas so eh, i i don't usually but um i'm this has a cool enough premise that i'm into it clearly i loved all of us like 
If you give yeah, well, me, I mean, that's zombies. Come well, on, true. Like, it has nothing to do with high school as much as it does true, everything else. True, you know. True. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's it for today. Uh, let us know if you are interested in any of the dramas that we tried to sell. Did you. we sell yeah, you? Yeah, did we yeah. sell did you? We sell you. <laughs> All right. Well, till next time, everyone. Come da. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, annyeong!